Welcome to Very Honored Frater BT's Esoterra Nerd Podcast, Episode 70, on politics and magic. No, no, no. On politics and magic. It's a valiant attempt, though. I'll be interviewing Ella Jensen. Can we do this off record? Producer and host of Stooping Starlight, a podcast dedicated to bringing voice and amplifying the voice of the women of Thelema. But first... Transformations. This is the segment in which I read my father's book, Transformations, which he wrote in 1976, verse by verse, and then the footnotes part is where I comment. All the while, we'll be listening to Oxygen by Jean-Michel Jarre. Transformations, chapter 2, verse we have been here a long time, you and I. We have been back many times, and remembered and forgotten, and hidden temples, and spoken forth, still hiding, before great numbers, while leading them into or out of wildernesses of different kinds. We have done battle and resisted doing battle. We have locked horns and run away from locking horns. We have dried our eyes of tears and learned other ways of crying. We have found our tears again, and found the many things tears can mean, in addition to grief. Verse 5 You and I, we have seen the lion-bodied giant man walking through the desert dust, confusing the pterodactyls, making them jealous of dinosaur carrion. The desert heat waves have not changed in all these sky turnings. The terrible laughter of the teeth birds remains on now's edge. Verse 6 And what did we do then? In those moments, when the lion-bodied giant man came our way, terrifying the forefathers of nightmares. Just what did we do? You remember and I remember. Let's see if they can remember. No footnotes for today. Let's get to the interview, shall we? Hello? Greetings, Sor. Welcome back to the Esoteric Nerd Podcast. Thank you very much. So, how have you been? Um, good. I've been good. I've been uh, getting my stuff together, uh, going to the Women's uh, OTO Symposium. Nice. Uh, when is that? Yeah. That is in August in Minneapolis, and I'm going to be part of a panel on uh, life in the OTO, uh, women in the OTO. Nice. Uh, yeah, with Marlena Cornelius and some other, which is really cool, really nice. Very cool. Hmm. 
So you had posted the other day something that prompted me to ask you back on the show about the disturbing trend of how should we say right-wing fascism slash monarchism mm. in the uh, in, in Thalema or in the occult in general? Yeah, I, I think it's in the occult in general because we see it a lot in like the, the witchcraft and um, yeah. and other other communities as well. And it's it, I guess it, it's been prompted by in the last sort of six months, I guess. I guess since we last spoke, I think. Um, that there's been this upsurge in people posting about, you know, um, the the law of the strong, and you know, if you if you can't figure this out, then you're not a good person, and you're basically weak, and and a lot of sort of false Darwinism going around, right? You know, you yeah, know and and that's kind of worrying because you know I I always perceived people in the occult as very accepting and very um, educated. Very, well, educated, but I wouldn't necessarily say that these guys are, are not educated because yeah. I think I think it's 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 actually the opposite. I think it's often the people who sit with their heads too much in books uh, and are very very far from reality and very mm. far from the community around them. Right. Yeah. So their their social interactions never extend beyond what has always been familiar to their mm. facial recognition patterns as being mommy <laughs> and daddy and, you know, maybe some cousins. Yeah. Maybe some, or, or some cousins. Or, yeah. Racism, <laughs> yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's really worrying as well, because I um, I, I live in Europe and mm -hmm. uh, in the past, like, five years or so, there's been a huge upsurge in... Uh, Funnily called, named very inappropriately, the Golden Dawn in Greece. I know, right? That's oh, so infuriating. Um, <laughs> I know people. People's anuses now like slam shut twice as fast when I mention that. I'm, <laughs> what I do exactly, <laughs> and you know, I named my daughter <laughs> no, Isis. I'm not a Nazi. I'm a freaky cult brainwashed guy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Well, then, <laughs> you know? No, I named my daughter Isis, and now whenever nice. I'm I'm in the supermarket, Isis. she's doing something, and I go Abigail Isis Marie, and people look at me and just go, what? <laughs> In my angry Islamic mouth. state is too much of a mouthful. Sorry, I had to shorten it. <laughs> yeah. That's why I call my daughter. Oh, it's so annoying. It's really, really annoying. But yeah. there's been this in Hungary. There's been a big upsurge in like nationalist parties. Yeah. Um, Holland, France, obviously. Um, you know, with the with the Le Pen and and all that. But in Sweden, we've seen it as well. And in the UK, with this scary UKIP monster that yeah. says we're not racist but right you know, we're not racist but we could all do with le you know a little bit less polish people around yeah. and you go seriously yeah in, a, in and and that i think that general attitude has started to sort of trickle down into into our otherwise quite enlightened brotherhoods yeah. i think and sisterhoods Fraternities. It's like the maybe it's the downside of it being so free that mm -hmm. people can interpret it, you know, how they want to. If someone has maybe a lodge in their house or if they have a coven that gets together and then they start going off on some, 
you know, trip. And then the people that are a little bit weirded out by it stop coming to the meetings. And then before you know it, you have a critical mass of 12 or 14 racists getting together to, you know, build a cone of power to the moon. I always, I always thought of the Wiccans as being good guys. I always heard stories about the Wiccans all fighting the Nazis together on the astral during World War II and stuff like that. I mean, well, well, the thing is that, that the Wiccans that I've come across, have been really in in real life, and I and I think this is really good to point out yeah. in re, in real life. So the people I met face to face, and I've been involved in Wicca since. Uh, oh yeah, me too. Late nineties, yeah, know, and, early nineties for me, yeah. Yeah, well, I was I was I was but a young child. I'm a little old. Yeah, I'm an old <laughs> man. I'm still I'm Gen X. I played Atari non ironically. You know, well, you know, well, hey, I played Atari non ironically. I had an oh, Atari yeah. five two one. I was born in nineteen eighty. You know, so I I'm had not an Atari eight hundred. Oh, <laughs> we yeah, upgraded well. to the twenty six hundred, and I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had a floppy disk drive. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, my mom had one of those big ones. It's like mm. as big as a record. But anyway, I'm, uh, we're getting anyway. We're getting past. But <laughs> <laughs> but you know the Wiccans that I've met have all been and and again in person have all been really open minded and friendly yeah. and you know just want to sit down for a drink and have a good time and do some magic. But I guess it's this like. Um, is this online incubator hmm. echo chambers right because if, uh, I've, you very rarely meet them in real life and maybe it's because I'm such an intimidating person in real life with a very commanding voice that people really don't dare say anything to my face but <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that's the case I think yeah. I think it is you know I, I generally think it, it is it is the echo chamber of the internet where people can get away with saying anything. I think uh, a great deal of like, cause they have a Nordic fair and I mean, I just, you know, there's a, there's the Renaissance fair here. I don't know if you guys do this over there, but uh, over here we dress up like it's Elizabethan England and yeah. uh, except now it's been infiltrated by Dr. Who and, and all this other stuff, but they still have like out, like further out away from LA, like kind of toward the desert, they have mm-hmm. a Nordic fair and yeah. I'm always a little bit like I, I ended up at it one time and I was kind of looking around at everybody going, why are we reenacting like old timey German times? Why is everybody blonde? They're like, I feel uncomfortable about this. No, I don't <laughs> want any horns or a battle axe, you know, but I think there's a great deal of healing that needs to happen in, in within. I mean, my DNA, even though I'm way the heck over here in Los Angeles mm-hmm. where I have no business being, I really, by all rights, should be where you are. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, the, the DNA needs to heal from, from all of this racism, but it's still going on. It's still going on in present day. So it's kind of hard to heal from wounds from the past when people keep ripping them open. But I think a part of it is the influx of, of, um, refugees, is it not? Well, you know what? Freaking out about? Well, you know that the, the, the whole influx of refugees is really, (laughs) um, I don't know. The people who are voicing the the media. Yeah. The people who are voicing the most opinion about it. In Europe, other countries who've taken in the least refugees. Mm. You know, Sweden have taken in an enormous uh, Switzerland, England, UK. Um, you know, Germany has taken on this massive amount uh, of, of refugees from Syria and and all the other places we yeah. keep bombing in the Middle East. Yeah. Um, they, they they you don't see them going. Oh, systemic collapse! We're all going to die. The evil Muslims. Well, they, they've already them. done that. They're still like, sorry, so sorry. You know, like, well, yeah, sure, we'll we'll take yeah. it on then. It's no problem. Don't don't worry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. We're better now. now. 
I know but we I, keep saying that, but we really mean it this time. Oh, it's, I wasn't. We might go head to head with Russia, but we're on your side. <laughs> if we all club together. Oh, you know, God, if the UK all... teamed up with Russia, Jesus Christ. I don't know whose side I'd be on. You know, I was always assumed that I'd be if if it was England and 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 Russia versus Germany, right? You know, like World War Two. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I'm getting. No, no, it's okay. I was in Germany <laughs> the other week. I was I was in Germany. Do you know who Dylan Moran is? Dylan I don't. Moran is an, he's an Irish comedian. Okay. And and he's he he has this this thing about whenever he meets Germans, you know what, what in your head everything automatically turns into Hitler, 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 Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> And I was walking around in Berlin and in my head I was going, Hitler, Hitler, Hitler. It was horrible. But imagine how they must feel. You know? I know, right? So, so, but well, I we think... get a bit of that in America, like starting with Bush, you know, you can't oh, really yeah. go any, go outside the US without, you know, everybody look at you going, Bush, Bush, Bush. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is true. Yeah. I'm sorry. Now it's I'm... drones. <laughs> <laughs> drones, drones. No. Clinton uh-huh. emails blowing up hospitals. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think, but Sweden has also taken in a huge part of immigrants and, and a huge chunk of them and, and refugees. And th- I mean, I li- I live in a house where uh, upstairs is a Syrian family, uh, and next door is an Iraqi family, and and downstairs in a, is a Palestinian family. Mm-hmm. And um, our children play in the garden, and it's amazing to see. I mean, I learn Arabic from them; they learn Swedish from me. Um, we, you know, they feed me like crazy f- grandmothers during Ramadan, you know, when, when they have, they break their fast, they're like, come up for iftar, Ella. <laughs> and I just sit there and I get like full stuffed, full of all this amazing Arabic food. What we miss is that they they didn't come here because they thought it would be a fun idea. Right. You know? They came here because they were fleeing from for their lives. Yeah. And a lot of them have seen their families blown, literally blown to pieces. Yeah. So... So, but, and, and I don't think, and in, even so, I mean, if the, the other big issue that we have in, in Europe right now in, in these kind of things is, um, is like European immigration. And, um, and we have a lot of Romanians and, and other Eastern European countries that have recently joined the EU as opposed to Britain. Um, and you get all these, um, People coming here looking for fortune and looking for, you know, for prosperity. Yeah. And and sometimes that, that search, unfortunately, because we are inherently a racist society. I mean, my husband came here from England. It took him three years to get a job because he didn't speak Swedish. And he's white. Imagine what it would be like if you're uneducated and from... Um... Hang on two seconds, sorry. Yeah, well, he's imagining it. Oh, hang on. Sorry, my cat attacked my daughter <laughs> in her sleep as well. So no, so we've got all these. Oh, that'll do some permanent damage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we got, you know, people don't always come here for, you know, sometimes their search for prosperity then leads to things like begging in the streets, right? Um, because they're being ostracized by an uh, inherently racist system. Even though we don't mean to, we are. And um, and, and, and then, you ha- know, whether whether one is successful or, or on the street, there's the temptation 
to be a criminal. So yeah, there's exactly. white collar crime where it's like, well, why make millions of dollars when I could make billions of dollars and rip everybody yeah. off? And then so, the people on the street that and you say, why, why beg when I could just, put, you know, say yeah, give me money, you know? And, and who who gets dragged in? Exactly. Court? Yeah. Who gets caught by the police? Who gets shot by the police? You know? Yeah. Um, but and when people then say. They shouldn't be here. They shouldn't be begging like this. And I go, do you really think that anybody, anybody would travel to a country where they have to sit on their knees and beg 12 hours a day, rain or sunshine, just because they're, you know, they're trying to rip us off? Right. They're not doing that. And and and, and then we come to the whole, te- for me, the biggest tenant here is, you know, Lieber Oz by Alistair Crowley, where he says, man has the right to travel the earth as will. Well, yeah. And, 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 and then look at being like I am, an anarchist, well, anarcho-syndicalist, mm-hmm. that, that believe that we, that no masters, no gods, no borders, you know, that we are not, we shouldn't be limited by these like earthly prisons that we make up because they're false. There's no reason for them. There's no reasons to have borders. Yeah. Why do we have borders? Why yeah, not it's a carryover. It's an old habit. It's something our ancestors used to do, and it's too expensive or whatever for us to try to change. Well, too expensive, but it, it's something that wasn't even necessary from the beginning. Right. And uh, But maybe, um, as I would describe, an immaturity in humanity. So we, we were, you know, we were immature in, in the way that we, we thought about each other. And now we've grown. I mean, seriously, if we can send people to the moon, why can't we feed the population of the Earth? Right. You know. Yeah. If we if we can send Juno to check up on Jupiter, why why the hell can't we stop wars? If we can arm the other side in a war, and then have superior yeah firepower technology in order to beat them, we can feed everyone in the world. Yeah. Can educate people. Yeah. Yeah, like Bill Hicks said, we have to figure out this whole food air deal. <laughs> Seriously, and, yeah. and 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 that's I guess that that's what pisses me off the most about this whole recent sort of fascist slash racist idea that's grown out of the occult is that we we were supposed to be enlightened. Yeah, the wilt we has was- a capital W. Yeah, and we were supposed, and not just that, we were supposed to have transcended these things, you know, right. transcended our mortal bodies, transcended all this, and, and still we're like pointing at other people going, well, you're not a very good magician if you can't get a job, and you're like, well, maybe there are other, maybe there are other circumstances other than magic, you know? Yeah. And here I think, um, my husband uh, is a Christian, uh, which leads to some very interesting discussions here at home. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that um, that I always take with me is this, like, it, it, it's this incompleteness, that we are incomplete until we have found redemption in something. Right. And um, And I don't necessarily think that we are sinful creatures because, you know, sin is restriction, etc. But yeah, I it's think, one paradigm that's become all too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think I think we have we have we have 
got to find redemption as as, hum, as as human beings and whether that is going out and sitting on a mountain for 20 years or if that is working close in our society with the people around us who need it i mean look at look at what happened yesterday and today in the u.s yeah you know are we are we gonna just um we're just going to continue in the same groove or are we as a society going to redeem ourselves you know what pisses me off the most? Sorry, and I'm swearing. because no, it's I, okay. I, I, you can swear on this podcast. <laughs> I get really, really angry about the people who now are going out and saying, oh, these Black Lives Matter punks and, you know, it's all, it's, it's reverse racism. It's like, dude, seriously? We're really going to have this discussion? We're really going to talk about how, you know, black people are so damn entitled and they're spoiled brats and they shouldn't be, you know, and they should be grateful and shut up and they shouldn't be threatful. Do you know what? If somebody shot my husband, I'd be pretty fucking upset. Yeah. And if they shot him, not because, not because he was a violent criminal, but they shot him because he was a British. colored man. Yeah. Yeah. Or British, you know, my husband is not of color, but if, if they shot him simply because of the color of his skin, I would be tearing down yeah. cities by now. And if, if we turned around, uh, there was a really good, there's, there's a le- really good lecture where the lecturer turns around to an all-white um, um, audience and says, any of you who would like to live with the privileges that we give to black people today, everybody would live to in, in a situation, in the same situation in society and culture that the black people that we give the black people today stand up and not one single person stood up. And she said, that's because you all know the institutional oppression that is still going on today. And you are aware of it. And by your silence, you're condoning it. And it, you know, it, ah, it, it, even though I'm here on the other side of the Atlantic, it's the same over here. I can see it over here. We have people who've, who've lived here for 40, 50 years who came here to work We've contributed to society. And we did, I mean, the Yugoslavs that live here, they've been here for 50, 60 years. They did it for money. They got paid, you know. Mm-hmm. They're still being treated as second-class citizens. If you have a, a, a surname that's a little bit more exotic than Olson, mm-hmm. you, will, you know that you will always have the extra hard time finding a job. You'll always have that, you know, extra uh, extra layer to dig through. And, and, they came here, you know, and, and made money and stuff. And in, in America, they just came because they had no choice. Yeah. You know, so. Ah. Yeah. It's infuriating. How, how we, and how we can expect these people to just sit silently and let themselves be oppressed is beyond me. I wonder if. Because in the in the cult I was in, you know, the uh, Golden Dawn, traditional Golden Dawn reenactment mm. cult, um, they they were in in the interest of marketing. Um, mm. it, 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 there was a and and when people were still divided, you know, about mm. politics, um, there were some people that were pro Iraq War, some people against Iraq War. I honestly, I was like focused on my spiritual work. But mm. when nobody was against the Iraq war in the room of adepts, mm. I had to speak up a little, yeah. you know? And so by default, I became the guy on the far left, 
um, because that, that that was that was needed. Like when I um, when I joined uh, the Russian Orthodox Church down by LAX, I was like, well, you know, clearly I'm a bass, but you need a tenor. And they were like, yeah. And so I was a tenor. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> not to say that I'm conservative, but I'm not as far left as I ended up being thought mm. of as being. But my point is, is there anything inherently like, okay, the great work, capital G, mm. capital W. Mm. Um, maybe a Christian who practices Golden Dawn would have a s slightly different interpretation of that than, say, uh, you know, someone on the other end of the spectrum. Um, mm. I, I don't want to, like, just throw something out there, you know, um, mm. like a, a, a Wiccan who, who has Thalamic leanings, you know, mm. in, in, it would, would have a different interpretation of great work if mm. it really came down to it. So... I don't understand why they vote for Trump. Why are they voting for Trump? How does that line up with capital G, capital W, great work? How mm -hmm. is it compatible? I got so mad at someone. Like the first person that was, that was a former sister of mine in the order that I saw campaigning for Trump, I just completely was like, how can you do this? How can you justify this? How, I, I don't understand. I'm totally at a loss, you know? Hmm. And so since then, yeah, that was like right before people started saying, stop shaming Trump supporters, you know, like they're people too. They're not all racist. I'm like, what? They're not all racist? You mean they're just so Dumb. ignorant? They don't realize that by voting for Trump, they're being racist, you know? Yeah. Oh, the, I don't know. What I, are your thoughts? I'm, I'm my, too on, uh, Well, on, on Trump? No, no. just all of them. You know, that, that asshole I, and... <laughs> I guess what the well, well let's look at it the great work yeah what is, is well what is it that's all that's all defined by you know by who you are as a person because it's an internal process yeah it's an internal again like an ascension like a, an achievement or an attainment of some sort of inner wisdom and so when we attain this uh, we we should transcend the the nature of like society, and with that, we should transcend all bias, etc. So surely we should be aiming towards, you know, everything is you know, nothing is true, everything is permitted. Hmm. That that's what we should be, you know, going in our. That's where our third eyes should be, you know, pointed. Yeah. So. If they're not being that, then how can we how can we claim to even be undertaking a work where we're throwing all truths that we believe in out of the window to try them and test them and and smush them and work them and then vote for somebody who like Trump, who is basically just holding on to this like this ragdoll of false belief and, and craziness and going, well, I have this ragdoll and as long as I hold on to it, then then I'm I'm in charge. Yeah. Uh, and if you all believe in this ragdoll, then then and I'm holding it, then I can control you. And Trump is a seriously damaged person. Yeah. He he sucks at interpersonal relationships. He sucks at business. Um and and I would never I wouldn't even trust him to babysit my kids, you know. Yeah. For, for a minute. Because I'd come in and he'd be like teaching them some weird like German <laughs> 1940s war song or something, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I I don't understand how you can be progressive in all other matters. Right. Progressive in sexuality, progressive in um, religion and spirituality religion and community. And, and then vote for a guy who we know. Well, I guess both he and Clinton were hanging out in that jet with the underage sex slaves. So, I mean, it's like uh, I would, you know, you know me, I'm a huge Bernie guy mm. and and all the Bernie 
people and and Bernie himself and and all the the like the far left in order to try to get Bernie in as the candidate, Doug, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're very loud about um, you know pointing out everything wrong with Hillary, which is also everything wrong with America, because yeah. in order to rise to the top of the ocean of what's the line from the Book of Revelation? Well, anyway, the point being, you know, God, we're fucked. We're just fucked. <laughs> I mean, like someone someone coming from a Thalamic background, someone coming from a Golden Dawn background. I mean, I have some friends who are like, well, I'm not voting for Hillary. So I guess, you know, Trump, eh. you know, what? and it's like, really? What? No. I don't understand how you can have gone through all the same processes that I went through and come to that conclusion. You know, unbalanced power is weakness and lack of lack of will. Unbalanced mercy, you know, is is yeah. uh, aids evil yeah like all of this stuff i thought was clear like how can somebody turn the turn the tables completely bass out oh, but 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 saying you know I, I want bernie to be in and then when you don't get what you wanted then throw your toys out of the frame. well if you're not going to have that we're going to have fascism nothing that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, then, you know yeah fascism no let's let's not i mean that's the, but but i your problem <laughs> sorry america <laughs> America, you have a problem. Uh, you know what's been going through my mind lately? What's that? Allen Ginsberg. Hmm. America, I have given you all. That poem, it's just been going through my mind. And again, you know, he's, he, he puts it. So if you haven't read it, go out. Allen Ginsberg, America. It's just, oh, it makes me shiver even now. And that's like 50 years old. Hmm. You know, that poem. And it's so on point today. Anyway, what you are missing in America is proportional representation. Yeah. And we have proportional representation over here. And yes, it does mean that uh, the Swedish Democrats, which is like the Golden Dawn, um, not that Golden Dawn, the other Golden Dawn, mm. the Greek one. <laughs> they, uh, um, that they sit in our parliament. But you know what the best thing about that is? Everybody fucking hates them now. Hmm. Because they get, they get a platform to show their idiocy. And people go, Do you know what? That was stupid. Hmm. Let's not vote for them again. But they're they're not given. It's not A or B. It's not vote vote for the Swedish Democrats or vote for the Socialist Party. You right. can vote. For, we have like eight or nine parties that you can vote for. Yeah. Uh, and and everybody's free to form their own party and and try to get into Parliament. Um, and so you vote. Your vote actually matters. As long as you get four percent of the vote, then then you get into Parliament. Okay. You, get a, you know. And and then the the parliament seats are split proportionally after how many percent you got, and then the 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 right wing or the left wing or any coalition will form a government. Basically, the people who can agree to agree the most with each other over the next four years get to you know govern. So we'd have like a representative from the Westboro Baptist Church or something if we did you know, and then but then we'd also have representatives from Burning Man and and stuff like that. Exactly. So the people who voted for Bernie would be free to vote for Bernie Bernie Sanders for for you know for King Forever <laughs> Party, <laughs> uh, and they would still be represented in the Parliament, right? You know, and and they would still his voice would be heard. Yeah, I think that I mean at the 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 root of the problem is that America. By that, I mean the United States of America only really Mm. cares about its reputation for being a representative democracy and really actually cares about its economic power and is Mm. terrified to the core still 
of going back to the depression and is still milking that wartime economy that 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 we you know kind of jumped on right at the end of world war ii but 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 let me just let me just put this into who got you out of the depression the war no oh i i have a different understanding of history than you do please please tell me (laughs) (laughs) who got us out of the depression well you know the whole new deal oh right yeah, that certainly yeah. helped. But yeah, the whole world a, shooting itself in the foot repeatedly for several that, years. That also helped. You kind of, you, <laughs> but that went away in 1973 and we've years. just been running on credit cards ever since. And then we just <laughs> bail ourselves out every time we need to just so that the people who got used to the wealth in this in the 50s and 60s won't feel any different. You know, mm-hmm. and and it's it's just all an illusion of an illusion of an illusion. And all the representatives are representing the corporations and the corporations are saying, hey, the Americans have given us all their money. So clearly they want what we want and we want this and that on the cars and this and that and the toxic waste. And it's just fucked. But I mean, yeah, if we could be represented by the actual people and what the actual people yeah. think and not what happens to happen with the dollar that they spend and who's mining the tungsten and everything else. Yeah. Oh. But, but it, and, and I'm kind of like, guys, you know, we, we look at your constitution and we look, you know, it's it's really nice. <laughs> yeah. we the people. Yeah. We the people. But even at the time, you, they didn't mean it. <laughs> oh, shh. <laughs> we the land, we the property owning white males. Yes. Who, but and and but that's a, that's the thing that's evolved. You know, yeah. we've evolved as, as humans. That's also like the Second Amendment. It's evolving. Gets yeah, me for sure. Right up the freaking nose. Yeah. it really does. Have a well I, I, organized again, militia in case of a foreign invasion. <laughs> yeah, that's the. Or the right to rebel. Or the right to rebel. And I think that's right. the other point. It's the right to rebel against those who lead you, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. I'm not saying take away guns. I mean, we have we have reasonable gun laws here. I'm allowed to have a gun in my home. I'm just not allowed to keep the firing pin in the same room, and the ammunition has to be locked up so my kids can't find it and shoot each other in the right. face. You know, that's sensible gun laws. Yeah, it's like if I, if I want to go out and and hunt, I'm okay to go out and hunt, but it's not, you know. I'm not risking that a burglar turns around and uses his weapon on me or that I accidentally shoot somebody. And, you know, it's seriously, America, (laughs) (laughs) why, why this possession, why this, it's, it's almost as if you have this huge trauma going on where you're so confused about what is morally acceptable, what you get told in church on a Sunday and, and, you know, and, and how you, pledge alliance to this flag every day and you're so traumatized by this like group um what you call it um yeah it's just this herd mentality that as soon as that that is threatened you immediately go back to to reactionary like uh christianity gays are bad guns are good yay hitler right or donald trump sorry sorry (laughs) but but getting back into the back into the like the occult yeah because i i because i think to be honest i think that a lot of the occult community actually don't um they don't feel this way and i i think that the what we're seeing is like a a a very small but very vocal part of uh of of these very misguided people clawing at some kind of like 
Okay, so I, I I'll draw a parallel with because I worked in the games industry. You know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna delete my Twitter account now because I'm just gonna get flooded by like gun people and <laughs> gamers. <laughs> but so I worked in the games industry, and um, and what happens there is that you get a lot of people who this is not so much anymore, but like ten years ago was very much so. You get a lot of people who, as growing up were very marginalized, often bullied, or had poor social skills. So they spent all their time at home coding. Right. And became really good at coding and became video game developers. And when they then get set loose in a social context with each other, all they do is mimic this, that what they what they were told as children was cool or what they were, what they were kept outside of. Yeah. So they became, so if you, if you, walked into a games company back then it was very rough it was a lot of bullying and you know people using the term gay if something's bad oh that's so gay right uh guys saying to each other i totally raped you there when they were playing games and winning and stuff and yeah i think that 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 kind of happening in some parts of the occult that there are people who might not have been on top in the outside society but when they hit when they find their niche, when they find their, you know, their home, they they kind of react to that and try and try and dominate it because they're only trying to be cool, you know, and they're really quite hurt people. Yeah, that makes sense. But that that's my that's my my motherly instinct. But I might be wrong, and you know, like I said, I'm going to delete my Twitter account. Now. <laughs> so, I don't fancy death threats today. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess on 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 the. Like, I mean, another, like, theoretic, theorizing wise is like if somebody's coming from a racist background and then they watch Harry Potter and then they Google mm. one of those Goetic, or, you know, Google one of the geomantic figures that, that she makes reference to and, and they stumble upon Golden Dawn or Thalema, mm. then they start parroting things from Thalema, you know, and, and it's like somehow nothing has really happened. Like, nothing, I mean, maybe they're directing like kind of a Giburic will uh, mm. in the name of a perverse understanding of what we all ought to be doing. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But I would, so, so what I, um, what I quoted in that post that you mentioned, and the reason why we're doing this, I, I quoted a, a Noam Chomsky, Chomsky quote, which I think is really persistent because when people ask me, how can you, how can you marry together? Like, um, anarchism or f f socialism with with the Lima and, and the quote if you don't mind I'd oh, like sure. to reread it here yeah now a federated decentralized system of free associations incorporating economic as well as other social institutions would be what I refer to as anarcho-syndicalism and it seems to me that this is the appropriate form of social organization for an advanced technological society in which human beings do not have to be forced into the position of tools of cogs in the machine there is no longer any social necessity for human beings to be treated as mechanical elements in the productive process that can be overcome and we must overcome it to be a society of freedom and free association in which the creative urge that I consider intrinsic to human nature will in fact be able to realize itself in whatever way it will. Here, here. Here, here. And that's, that's kind of why, why I 
uh, why I get frustrated at people that who are then at the other end of the spectrum when it comes to um, to to the whole occult debate of politics because we it's the whole transcendence thing it's the whole ev- ev- evolution thing and if we just focused on like not killing each other we could we could reach outer space and you know discover crazy races outside of and then we'd have the whole racism issue there yeah. i guess but it, we could be we could be star trek god damn <laughs> it seems like with you know moving from the age of Aries to the age of Pisces, if you will, moving from BC to common era, um, that Christianity was like a step toward, you know, evolution that ended up kind of, um, I, there's that poem in 1898. I forget the, the author, but it was about the white man's burden to civilize the world. You know, the mm-hmm. one yeah, yeah, that at yeah. the time was non-ironic. But ha- has since come to embody a kind of arrogance that, um, you know, is like another layer of racism, basically, where it's like, oh, no, I love all races. Let me help you. You clearly don't know how to be a human. You know, like you, you need to go to Starbucks and stop banging on that drum. And um... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, even to even today, we're like, even though we're not Christian missionaries anymore. It's the same thing. It's the exact habits, same thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, old habits die we hard. assume that we have the best way, and since we have all the power, and we have the most sophisticated and, and advanced ideas, because we already had that idea, and then we developed on it, and then we developed on that, yeah. and clearly your level of it is, you know, you still think people are going to go to hell, you know, but but it was my ancestors that went and told your ancestors <laughs> that. You know, yeah. them over the head until they bought it and told it to their kids. So whose fault is that? <laughs> Yeah, whose fault is that? And and even so, I mean, it's it's such a huge like, um, it's it's such a huge issue because we can't go backwards either. We yeah. can't say you know because on the other hand, it, it then then we get the the other side of the whole like, con- uh, the whole pagan community was like, oh let's let's all go live in mud huts and uh, uh, eat bark that we grew ourselves because you know, and I'm like, no, right, no. Because that's that's not where we're heading. We were there, and we all died horribly in childbirth. Let's not do that again. Right. You know, let let's vaccinate our children because it's actually a good idea not to. You know, them dying from horrible yeah. disease. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There um, is a lot of overlap between like sort of the David Ike. You know, uh, who was the who was the, <laughs> the the supermodel or whatever that popularized the vaccine vaccination paranoia? Oh, uh, you Jenna, know what? Jenna I something. Well, anyway. Yeah, versus actual science and the, the yeah. body of, you know, the millions of, the 40 million. Oh, are you into Sci-Hub at all? No. Oh, it's so cool. Um, I tried, but but uh-huh. but I felt confused. I think it was in the early days when it was like cl- getting closed down and stuff. And, and to Oh, right. So, yeah, but you're familiar with the, yeah, yeah, yeah. what's yeah. going on over there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a real game changer. Yeah. yeah, but just so people know, um, uh, Alexandra Elbakian. Well, back back up a little bit. A few years ago, there was a guy named Aaron Schwartz. You can look on Google the Internet's own boy. Uh, you can find it on archive.org. It's a movie documentary. You can watch it. He ended up committing suicide because he was getting um, he was going to be in jail for the rest of his life for a bunch of felonies that they were throwing at him because he tried to do what Alexandra Elbakian has just done. Um, but she's in Kazakhstan. So 
she got away with it. Um, if you try to do something like that here in Highland Park, you end up committing suicide because the government will come after you with a bunch of felonies. So, you know, where's the freedom? Yeah. <laughs> but, but she, what she did was she made all the because um, there's these databases that absorb all of the ac ac uh, academic data and mm -hmm. in, in this particular case the scientific research uh, data that the money doesn't actually go back to the researcher that did the you know research or mm -hmm. the peers that that you know uh, double checked it but it goes to the people who own the database mm -hmm. and yeah. it's very inferior you know product well anyway long long story short um, through Sci-Hub, you can bypass all that. It already has some 40 million of these um, scientific research papers. Mm -hmm. And if you search for one that it doesn't have, it will go grab it and make a copy for itself and give you a copy because there are so many teachers in prestigious organizations and, and colleges around the world who are sympathetic to her cause that they give her their login. Yeah. So that's that. That's what that is, and that's that's why there's people in Indonesia and Nigeria and all around the world singing her praises and saying yeah. you have saved countless lives yeah. because she has, and that's also why she doesn't get any media coverage in no, the United of States. Not, not up. Information is power, but like all power, there are those who want to keep it for themselves. The world's entire scientific and cultural heritage, published over centuries in books and journals is increasingly being digitized and locked up by a handful of private corporations. Meanwhile, those who have been locked out are not standing idly by. You've been sneaking through holes and climbing over fences, liberating the information locked up by the publishers and sharing them with your friends. But all this action goes on in the dark, in the underground. It's called stealing or piracy, as if sharing a wealth of knowledge were the moral equivalent of plundering a ship and murdering its crew. But sharing isn't immoral, it's a moral imperative. Only those blinded by greed would refuse to let a friend make a copy. There's no justice in following unjust laws. It's time to come into the light and, in the grand tradition of civil disobedience, declare our opposition to this private theft of public culture, 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 yeah, <laughs> it's it's the uh, and to some to, to some extent, I'm like, as much as I'm a you know I'm a pro vaccine and I I think I love science. I just want to yeah. put that out there. I I love science and I wouldn't be here and my children wouldn't be here and my husband wouldn't be here if it wasn't for great science. Um, right. But then again, Chernobyl wouldn't be radioactive. No, then again, Chernobyl wouldn't be a reaction. But, but I grew up in but Sweden. But we'd all we... be still worshipping like, some <laughs> yeah. idiot in Rome or something. Yeah, or, or you know, we'd all die of... of Sorry, of, Pope like, Francis, <laughs> I didn't mean to call you. But, but the thing is that science is great. But on, one, on the other hand, I can totally agree with the whole big pharma conspiracy people. You know, I, I can see their point. Because there is something sick about earning money from the sick. Right. Uh, it, it's, it's, I, I don't get that. I've, I really do not get that. And I, I don't get the whole medical insurance thing. It, it upsets me. It really upsets me to think that, you know, people, people are paying with their lives because of corporate greed. Yeah. I, I've never had to live through that. And I, I'm like, I go in, I ha I've had two children and both under um, 
socialized healthcare. Um, but the fact that when I needed it the most, I could focus on performing the miracle of bringing life into this world. I didn't have to worry about the $50,000 bill I was going to get out the day after. Yeah. I didn't have to worry about maybe needing an emergency cesarean and then the costs going crazy. Uh, and I didn't have to worry about, you know, if my child was born with uh, a, a virus or something. Sometimes they come out with like strep, strep B and stuff. Uh, right. I didn't have to worry about being able to afford medicine for my kids. I mean, in my son, my son was milk intolerant when he was born. Uh, and uh, And I was able to get the special milk he needed for free. And it's a small tiny jar that you get, and that tiny jar lasts you about four days when they're newborn because they eat like nobody's business. Mm. Um, in, in the US, you pay $200 a jar. Mm. And often it's not covered under insurance because it's a pre-existing condition. <laughs> or it just doesn't, they don't cover pediatric, uh, you know, supplements. They go, well, you should be breastfeeding. So you have to shell out that, and you know that's that's crazy, that's that's crazy, that that you have to worry about things like that. So I I get really uppity about the whole social healthcare thing. Yeah, but tying back to, I mean, I guess one question, and I don't think we're going to answer it. I uh, by the way, I have to go in uh, fifteen minutes. Okay, but um, my I guess I guess is is. I mean, I've heard that Jack Parsons, and in particular his work "Freedom as a Double-Edged Sword," mm. was very influential for for the libertarian movement. Mm. I don't know that there would be any particular political party that would resonate most with Golden Dawn or OTO. I mean, I hate to say it, but there's a lot of royals who are into you know the Golden Dawn system. Because it's so familiar with the Hierophant and all this mm. stuff, even though it's more familiar, you know, to voting and stuff because you, they step down. But mm. then again, the Imperator never goes away. Mm. But um, that's the, you know, the actual person in charge. Mm. What's my point? I don't know. Um, uh, it, it, maybe it's that. Is is this magic meant to be used for politics? Does it have anything to do with politics? Should we all be dividing up and using magic against each other in the name of politics? I, I mean, are these stupid questions? These are my questions. Mm. I, I guess we, we won't get away from it. We will not get away from it because it, it is, uh, especially in Thelema, because it's not only a way of attaining knowledge and conversation with the whole God and angel. It's not just a way of performing great work. It's not just, it's also a, a way of treating people around you and a way of uh, being in a society. I mean, I mean, we have constitutions, etc. Alistair Crowley wrote very clearly what he thought a, a Thalibic society should look like. Um, None of them include, you know, fascism. Um, so, no, we, I, I don't think the Thelemites and, and the OTO in particular can get away from it being political. Yeah. However, I think when we look at politics, external politics, 
because I think, again, as an anarcho-syndicalist, I think we have the right to choose our tribe. I think I chose yeah. the OTO tribe, and, and I, if I want to follow those rules, that's fine, as long as I don't impede on other people's rules. If you want to be a, a Shiite Muslim, that's fine by me. You just don't bother me with it, you know? I know one guy who's a Holocaust denier. It's kind of obnoxious. It's yeah. Like, it's I was into everything up until that point. I was like, oh, Jesus, okay. <laughs> well, well, you know, with those people, they're kind of self... Um, uh, again, they self- they take their own vote away. Yeah, and and they also self eliminate because yeah, uh, it's it's not good. I, they don't usually have the um, education and you know societal punch <laughs> to to bring their ideas through. Yeah. Um, but but the the point is that we can't avoid politics. It's such an inherent part of our of our lives. And everything becomes politics. Like how how I treat my husband becomes politics. Mm. How I bring up my children become politics because the way I bring them up will affect society around us. And mm. all of that, all of that, goes back into me and the work I do with myself. So this yeah. is so intertwined in like how I see humanity and how humanity reflects into me and and all this stuff that's happening around me and the and the work I do with myself and others it it just we're too we're too smushed up in it smushed up yeah that's a good word yeah i think one thing is if we're awake you know uh, Mm. lucid and in present time then we're less likely to fall into the patterns of our ancestors Mm. and we'll be more able to make new mistakes that will cause irreparable harm to generations (laughs) wow (laughs) everybody who's american right now is so negative and you know what we just lived through brexit i mean my husband's from the united kingdom and uh, his his staying in sweden is very much you know uh, depending on if 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 england can sort uk can sort this thing out but um i i remain positive because I, I think if we don't remain positive, then we're all going to get dragged down. And, and, and Yeah, it's so tempting to... It is so tempting to scream. But if anything, if, if you do anything right now in this situation, I would say, it, I hope it's a wake-up call for our generation to stop smoking weed and watching Netflix hmm. and get out on the streets and smoke weed and, and scream loudly about stuff we're unhappy with. <laughs> you know? I, I really think that it is, especially for those who are maybe five or six years younger than I am, uh, to finally realize that they a they have a voice, yeah, and b what we choose to do or not do at this moment in time is 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 going to define you know a huge part of our future, and our we're losing a generation that had it all sort of you know, the baby boomers who grew up in the 60s and we're losing them out of the workforce. We're losing them to, you know, beach houses and and retirement. And now it's time for us to step up. And they didn't prepare us for it. They they taught us, you know, that we could all be rock stars. We found out that that's not true. And so now we smoke weed and watch Netflix because we have this <laughs> Weltschmerz because, you know, nothing is wow, good. Wow, what is that word? Weltschmerz. <laughs> what does it mean? It means like angst about the world. It's like existence wow. is is horrible, yeah, or futile. It's it's it, it, we become total nihilists, and huh. and 
we have so much anxiety and I think what we need to do is take take control. And the only way we can take control is by doing our own wills. I uh, think that being a total nihilist might be preferable to getting stoned and watching Netflix, actually. Do you know like what? if you actually see it through and because you, then you can come out the other side. Yeah, but do you come out the other side, though? That's the problem. Oh, well, not if you kill a bunch of people. No, or kill yourself. <laughs> you can stop short of actually time. proving to yourself that nothing matters. I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that we need to be, and this now is going to get very pretentious and philosophical. <laughs> we need to be more Sartre than Camus. We need to say, yes, all we do is exist and it's all, nothing is, you know, yeah. it's all fluid, but at least we can affect it to the good. Yeah. And we can improve it, it might be because I've just gotten promotion at work and I'm feeling really positive. <laughs> but <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Because it's contagious. Yeah. But I, I, I really feel that this is a turning point where we, our generation, turn around and say, do you know what? Piss off. Stop acting out the whip. Because, because it is them acting out their sort of cultural hangups from their childhoods. And, and they grew up in a segregated society. Like if we look at the yeah. shootings, for example, they grew up where it's still okay to segregate. They haven't grown out of this. We... Uh, as we as a generation are trying desperately to throw off those like remnants and I think it's going to be a little bit painful but if we really stick through it then we, we don't have a big war and we don't have uh, at the moment no exactly but we don't have a big war yet and maybe yeah. that's our task maybe that's our challenge to say look this doesn't have to be war. Let's just all be nice to each other. We have Bernie Sanders. We have Jeremy Corbyn in the UK. Yeah. You know, we Jeremy have, Corbyn. Jer okay. Jeremy Corbyn. I should look into that. He, he is excellent. And you should l listen to his speeches about the Iraq war. Um, okay. He, he's, he's a real hope for Europe, I think. And if we can get more of that. And, and just looking at Bernie Sanders' numbers in the US, I mean... Really, 10 years ago, he would not even have been looked at. Yeah, that's true. And also, I'm loving, by the way, I'm really loving Obama just going, look at all the fucks I give. This is my last term. Now I'm just going to say all the shit that you didn't want to hear 10 years ago. <laughs> I really love that. I, I love how he's like, eh, you know, black people get shot by police. It's outrageous. It shouldn't be like this. It's now a responsibility. You know, five years ago, he wouldn't have said that. Yeah. Five years yeah, ago, he didn't say that. A lot more careful. Yeah. Speech, speech writers would be like, no, we got to make sure that we... Yeah, re-election, second term. He's like, eh, can't get a third term. Although we will... Polls show that they don't like it when you use the word the. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh -uh. uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. But I really think we can, we can change this. We... I think we we have to have a positive outlook. And also there's, there's like something, something to be said about... Uh, being revolutionary and yeah. that being revolutionary not in the sense of going out and kicking streets down but continuing to oppose and question and and work against the forces of oppression yeah and uh, whatever whatever you know guys they come under we, i think we have we just have to keep going if nothing yeah. else, because I've got two little blonde curly-haired monsters sleeping in next door, and <laughs> I have to make sure that they have something to wake up to. You know, I think that as things become more automated, it'll make more sense for everyone to have a base minimum salary. Yeah, and it's really just a matter of tweaking the numbers. You know, 
instead of a Federal Reserve, just put an app there. You know, like, <laughs> we, we don't really need it. <laughs> Who needs the gold standard? There's an app for that. Yeah. Oh, we haven't had that in No, I know. <laughs> it's just, it's our generation. Well, it's like, like where I used to work at SAG, the union for the actors. Like, mm. you could really do that with an app. Yeah, you could. <laughs> you really do don't. That one. You don't. All but, those... No, and I think we're going. I mean, we we're already talking about like min, you know, shorter work hours. At least here, where we have regulated work hours and and yeah. you know, citizens' wages. But yeah, definitely, we we have we have so much more to talk to about. And uh, yeah, let's, let's let's see if I I actually um Joe when Joe said he wasn't going to be able to make it, I asked Scarlett Magdalene if she'd be a surprise <gasps> co-host, yeah. and she was unavailable. So I asked Lon Milo Duquette, and he hasn't gotten back to me. <laughs> I think that'd be cool to have like a you know, surprise. Get, post, you know. Absolutely. I would love to I would love to have especially Lon, I think uh, can we do this off record? <laughs> That's off off the record. <laughs> I'll I'll leave in that we said something off the record, but I won't let them hear what it was. <laughs> Soon you'll have like you'll have like um like OT- one oh. off the record <laughs> okay so that was off the record <laughs> oh, no, soon, soon you'll have like like oto representatives knocking down your door going we yeah. release the files <laughs> well i've already got you know amwork on the church of scientology i'm already on their special list so oh, that's nice <laughs> there was this thing called project carnivore which was the beginning of what we now know as nsa mm. um and it was i think it was 2001 and you know i basically heard that because everybody's terrified of uh you know foreigners and especially foreigners from uh, the arab world mm-hmm. that we were emulating israel's you know policy of screening all communications going back and forth with the arab world mm-hmm. so i told my pen pal in egypt who was politically <laughs> active and into jim morrison i said hey do you want to, do you want my password to my server you can host your blog there <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that I was on their list because I want them paying attention to everything I do dude, I'm, until I'm, the day I die. <laughs> I'm entering the U.S. in like less than a month. I hope I hope I'll pass through like border control. Now I've been on the- <laughs> with you. They were like, "You talked to Ed, didn't you?" And I'm like, "Oh, sorry, sorry." Oh my god, did I ever tell you about my trip to Canada? In- no. I'm going there a, as well. So, uh, long story short, they called me Fredder International Secret Society for a while <laughs> after that because they, they they turned me away because I told them I wasn't going to answer any of their questions oh, because okay. I was a member of an international secret society. And I wasn't down <laughs> to their laws. <laughs> I was kind of naive, you know. Bless you. Uh, as a kid. Okay, but let's do this again and let's have more surprise hosts on. That would be great. Yeah, that'll be good. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Oh. Oh. for being our guest on the Esoterra Nerd podcast tonight. Special thanks to Susumu Oeda and his father, as well as the other monks at Jofukuin Temple on Mount Koyasan for the music you're hearing right now, as well as that really great intro to all of these episodes. Special thanks to Camille and Kennerly, the identical twins who play the harp transition into and out of each episode that sounds like Game of Thrones. Special thanks to the group from the 80s, Reflex, for the song The Politics of Dancing. And special thanks to The Cars for Uh Uh-Oh, It's Magic, or whatever that song was called. 
That musical interlude you heard when we were talking about Alexandra Elbakian and Sci-Hub was a piece from Gwydion's Astral Podcast, an episode called Aaron and Alexandra. Just a reminder, you can go to your app store or the Play Store, search for Edward Reeb, download my app, at the very least, it'll look really cool on your phone. Thank you all for tuning in. 